Steph and Kate from Cocktails with a Blonde and Brunette. It's a beautiful sunny day over here. We hope the same for you. It's been a long year and a bit with the pandemic and all this stuff. So hopefully you can follow along with us for a little bit and get your mind on some other things that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to talk about intimacy and what intimacy means for you. Mm -hmm. And how we can expand the idea of what intimacy is beyond physicality. Yeah, intimacy isn't just like sex and kissing and making out. It can be many different things. Uh, We did ask in our Facebook groups and online just kind of to get other people's perspective on what intimacy is for them. Yeah, and I was surprised that almost no one said physical intimacy, like safety and emotions and feeling connected to someone and feeling open and being accepted and being able to be themselves. But it never, physical intimacy actually didn't come up very often. No, a lot of people were kind of stating that without certain things that the physical part didn't really matter. They needed that core intimacy in order for it to kind of flow over into their sex lives. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe... With the pandemic and being, you know, in lockdown and not being able to see your friends and family, that's the intimacy that we're all missing right now, too, right? Is that connection to people on an emotional level, being able to spend time with people, being able to be with our communities. And so our intimacy is really lacking right now. Yeah, because it's one thing to kind of like video chat or talk on the phone, but there's nothing like a good conversation where you can actually stare into someone's eyes. And, you know, if the conversation gets rough, you can, you know, lend a hand, like shoulder to cry on. I can't speak today. A shoulder to cry on, so to speak. So it's kind of like we're lacking that emotional, physical intimacy and just kind of becoming more like robots. (laughs) Yeah, it's been hard. It's been hard. Um, I think the other thing too is like we become more and more disconnected and less vulnerable and more scared of being intimate the farther the longer we're apart. Right? You yeah. don't want to do it anymore. No, for sure. And I feel like too a lot of couples right now with like the pandemic, they're struggling a bit with their intimacy because they're together all the time. You don't really right. have any time apart to you know, come back together and work on things. It's just kind of the same routine day in, day out. And it can make intimacy kind of stagnant. I think the other thing too is like with the pandemic, we've knocked ourselves back into survival mode to a certain extent. And intimacy is not on that survival mode field, right? That's like the next level up. So right now we're like, how do we survive? And whether we are actually thinking that or not, our subconsciouses have gone into this space where we're like, how do I not get sick? How do I not die? And so vulnerability and intimacy, unless we're really thinking about it or focusing on it, or if it comes naturally to us, it's really hard to have that in our life right now. Well, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are putting walls up because you have to be vulnerable in order to have intimacy. And in today's world with everything going on, It's hard to be vulnerable because everybody's judging everybody online for their opinions, their views. A lot of people are getting divorced and 
breaking up with people because there is no vulnerability. Like we're putting walls up in order to survive kind of this time. But on the other hand, a lot of people are making new connections and having new relationships that have amazing intimacy because some people are being very vulnerable and it's not like you can just go out to dinner or the movies on your first date. It's probably more of a FaceTime chat and then maybe a coffee date with distancing. And then you kind of have to decide, is this person in my bubble or are they not? And it allows for a kind of quicker connection and intimacy, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Cause you've seen that popping up all over too, is people who've met online during the pandemic, creating really beautiful, deep, intimate relationships. And then almost right away, like moving in with each other or, you know, being right into a deep relationship and how that's working for people. So yeah, like here, one of our uh, listeners, like they said, because we asked, like, what is intimacy to you? Mm -hmm. It was just like honest, deep conversation with no distractions. So just being physically or not physically, but like mentally connected with somebody and not having kind of like the phone out or being in a loud space with lots of people. It's like a feeling, lot of, yeah. I was going to say feeling prioritized by whoever you're with too. For sure. I feel like that's easier to do now though, because there's not much going on. So you can kind of make your relationship a top priority if you choose to. That's it, though. It's the choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's funny because a lot of people talk about how intimacy is a natural connection that can't be forced or controlled. I personally don't believe that intimacy is a natural connection. I think it's beautiful if that happens for you. But for a lot of people, true intimacy is something you actually have to work on. Absolutely. I think you know, that instant connection you feel with people is great, but like the true deep intimacy comes later when you do your work together. A hundred percent, because for one person, intimacy might be like we said, a deep conversation. It might be doing things together, like in partaking in your partner's hobbies that they enjoy to do, even though you don't like to do them. It could be playing with your partner's hair. It could be having a shower together. It could be just reading a book together, like there's all different forms of intimacy. So you kind of have to learn what your partner, your friend, your family member, like intimacy is in all of our relationships, but we have to kind of learn what intimate is to you so that I can meet your needs. Yeah. And it's growing together. It's going through the shit together, right? Intimacy is not pretty all the time. No, definitely not. I know one of the people that commented, he's actually been married to his wife for 34 years. They mm-hmm. have like the most beautiful marriage. He's so cute. He still like thinks of her as if she's like that hot 18 year old girl he met 34 years ago. Um, and for him, he defines intimacy in two different forms. So like an emotional intimacy. So like the caring, the love, the respect, the mm-hmm. admiration, But then he also says physical intimacy is important, like the attraction, the desire. And he actually wrote superb sex. (laughs) So he said they go side by side to have like a healthy, beautiful relationship. And if you don't have both the emotional intimacy and the physical intimacy, it would be really hard to survive a relationship for that period of time. Absolutely. You definitely in a partnership or 
romantic relationship, you need to have both of them. Yeah, well, because at the end of it, he says 34 years and still keeping on going like the Energizer Bunny, LOL. (laughs) That's amazing. So I feel like we should celebrate them right now for a minute because that's fucking awesome, right? Yeah, because you feel like after 34 years, it might be like mundane or routine or it's not happening. Like a lot of people think like you turn 60 and you're dead, but it's actually not the case if you keep the spark alive and you work on it. It's doing the work. And I think that is like the most precious thing that they have probably learned is like, you don't get to have all the good without some shittiness, right? But keep working so that you have both. And that's where the deep intimacy comes is having the physical intimacy and that emotional intimacy. For sure. And you can also like intimacy is also important in your friendships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people who, when their relationships aren't going the way they want or they're struggling, they tend to spend more time with their friends because they can get that kind of intimacy, that connection, the respect, the conversation in another person. I was going to say it's also important for people in friend relationships to be intimate in order to grow on that realm as well. For sure. You have to be able to be like raw, honest, respectful, and kind of just meet people where they're at. Yeah. I know one person here said so many things, but sex in itself is not intimacy, but the result. What do you think about that? So like sex is the result of intimacy? Yeah. Like having a good physical attraction, sex life is a direct result to good intimacy. I think for sure. Definitely in a relationship, I would say so. Yeah. Like not with your friends and family, of course, but in a relationship, yes. Like if you don't have that deep intimacy, sex can be great, but eventually it loses that spark without the intimacy. Yeah. Cause you can definitely have great sex with someone you don't know. Exactly. Very well. And therefore there's no kind of emotional intimacy, but I feel like when you have that component, that's when you get like the mind blowing sex that you want kind of over and over again. <laughs> and it's the sex that you can continue having with somebody for years and years, right? It's not the sex that eventually after your honeymoon period is over, like dies off, right? No, it's definitely something that I feel you have to work on because uh, mm-hmm. you can have it and lose it. A hundred percent. You can. It's like, I think my whole business is built off of people losing their intimacy because that foundation's gone. So then they don't have the great sex. They don't have the good conversations. They don't have the ability to feel safe with each other. Intimacy builds all those things into your relationship. And it's definitely, you lose it if you don't work on keeping it. For sure. And I think you can also lose it like in terms of a relationship, if someone's not feeling heard or someone confide in you about how they feel about something maybe you go tell somebody else or you make a joke about it or you make light of it you're with all those little things that you're may not even be aware of doing you're kind of just throwing bricks at their wall and then eventually that person's not going to want to be vulnerable with you anymore therefore leading to a decrease in the intimacy in your relationship so there's many ways that we can lose intimacy and it's not always just by not paying attention or taking time for it sometimes we're not actually aware of the parts of intimacy that are most important to our partners like sometimes it's respect sometimes it's touch sometimes it's acts of service like it kind of goes back to the love languages that we talked about before and also our values 
right? Like if you're not honoring your partner's or your friend's values and going against that, there's no way you can be intimate with them. No, for sure. So like, what do you think we can do to try and be more intimate in these crazy times? There's lots of things we can do. I think one is like have a conversation with the people around you. Like, what are your values? Right? Like what's really important to you? How can I be a good friend? How can I be a good partner? And it's kind of weird to think of it, have those conversations with your friend and family, but we often assume we're doing a good job, mm-hmm. but we don't really know what people want until we ask. And so how can I be a good friend to you? What can I do for you? How can I support you? You know, asking the questions, being vulnerable enough to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. I think it also too can stem from how you were raised as a child. Like if your parents didn't know how to give you that emotional intimacy, you may grow up not knowing how to give it either or even to like receive it. Absolutely. So for me this morning, we had our our couples coaching. And so we were talking about different things. And for me, safety came up as a really big thing. And I have a hard time feeling safe. And I think a lot of women can when we stop and think about it, we can really relate to that in that physically we don't always feel safe, but emotionally we don't always feel safe to be vulnerable either because we've never been met with safety. Right. And so how can we be fully vulnerable? How can we be intimate with people when we have this safety wound? Yeah. I was, it's funny. I was talking to my mom the other week and, you know, I just said to her, I don't think I actually know how to receive emotional intimacy. And I think it's something I've been chasing for Mm -hmm. a long time because I can remember being little and all I ever wanted to do was like snuggle snuggle and like hug and like cuddle with my mom. But she would be like, let's, let's cuddle bums, like go back to back. My mom was very uncomfortable. She loved me. Mm -hmm. I was very loved and I knew I was loved, but in terms of like that physical touch, that intimacy that I always craved as a little girl, my mom didn't feel safe for whatever reasons in her own intimacy. And therefore it's kind of trickled into my adult life where I crave the touch and I crave the cuddling, but at the same time, I'm not open always to receive it. It yeah. makes me comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it does come down to safety a lot. And for men and women in different respects, right? Like men don't feel safe to be vulnerable because they've been conditioned their entire life not to be. So how do they then turn around and be sad or soft or whatever they've been judged for? And how do we, as women, feel safe to be vulnerable when it's either been used against us or called out against us or we just never were able to receive it? Yeah, and I think it'll like go through generations until you kind of like fix it and break the cycle. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the women in my family have like not intimacy issues. I mean, everybody's like in happy, healthy relationships, but I can see like the pattern of like how my grandma and my mom interact and how me and my mom interact. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying they're not loving, they're super loving, but when it comes to like hugs and cuddles and things like that, it's just not something that has ever been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't remember ever being cuddled as a child. Yeah. Like, ever. Like, I'm really thinking about it. And, like, obviously, if I cried or whatever, she would, like, hug me for a minute or two. But 
But then if you think about it at the same time, were you not told to always give your grandparents a hug goodbye or your aunts or uncles? Like you were forced to give people intimacy in ways that you probably didn't really want to. Yeah, no, for sure. I hate it when people do that. And like kids fight it and then they're like, come on, be nice. It's like, so I have to be vulnerable and touch you to be nice. Yeah. That makes me a nice kid. But that's the thing is like, so as we're growing up, we get these mixed signals like, oh, I'm not receiving like what I want. Like I'm asking for hugs and cuddles and everything and I'm not receiving it. But then I'm told that I'm supposed to turn around and do that in places I don't want to. Mm hmm. Like, no wonder we all have, like, it's a hard time for us to be intimate or even to feel physically connected to people because it's forced on us when we're younger. We're asking for it. We don't get it. Intimacy is, like, a really, really deep wound for most of us. Yeah, and I feel like it's not something I ever really thought about until my 30s. It wasn't, I didn't think it was something that was, like, super important. I actually kind of did think, like, okay, intimacy is kind of just, like, sex, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't really have an understanding of it. And I think in a lot of my relationships, I have it, but I didn't realize exactly what it was. Right. And I didn't make it a priority. And But then it's, that's one of those things, too, like you said, like you have this longing for this thing that's missing that you don't even know what it is. It's like that mm-hmm. missing piece of something. Like, everything seems to fit, but there's still that missing piece somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will even here. Um, the one, one of our listeners said that for her, honest vulnerability is like the key to intimacy and Mm -hmm. it only comes from like a deep investment in your relationship. So she gave an example of how a friend of hers just gave her a call one day, um, and explained that she debated calling her or not. Normally Mm -hmm. she keeps things to herself and she basically called to say that her mother had been diagnosed with cancer and they, she was struggling and she just needed someone to talk to. So that, on the other hand, is another form of intimacy. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be just touch. It can be just yeah. calling somebody and kind of verbally vomiting on them, all the things that you're feeling and just allowing them to hold the space for you. Yeah. And that's so important for us, right? To be able to have safety to reach out to people and ask for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's key that we all kind of learn how to keep that alive, especially now. Yeah. Especially right. We're having all of our conversations over Zoom. Yeah. It's much harder or over the phone. It's much harder to call somebody and be like, okay, when you were you're with somebody physically, those conversations come much easier. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I think too, like you can see it on like social media when people are like, I got my shot. And then a bunch of people are spewing out their opinions on someone getting their vaccine or their shot or somebody posts something uh, with some educational research about the shots because maybe they don't want to get it. And instead of people just embracing the fact that these people are vulnerable enough to say like, Hey, this is why I'm getting vaccinated. Hey, this is why I'm not. We're all attacking each other Mm -hmm. literally online. Like I'm just watching people attack each other. Whereas like I have this mom's group on Instagram. I'm not a mother, but I think they feel bad for me because I'm the only one who's not. So I'm still in there. (laughs) It used to be like a party chat group. So um, now it's all about like bottles and diapers and things like that. 
but they've been talking recently, obviously about the COVID shot. And some of my girlfriends are pregnant again. Some of them are debating getting the vaccine. Some of them have had the vaccine. So it's nice to see how in my little group of girlfriends, we can all kind of respect each other's opinions and we can respect why person A got the shot while pregnant and person B doesn't want to and listen to their reasons why. And instead of berating them or trying to be like, well, no, this is what you should do or your information is wrong. It's just like a healthy conversation. And it's a group where we can all be vulnerable with each other. It's not face-to-face. It's not over the phone. Mm -hmm. But if you go through the group, it's literally just a bunch of women venting, educating, and we're all kind of supportive, even though we don't all have the same beliefs when it comes to COVID parenting, how to feed your kids. Every once in a while, I just pop jokes in there because I think I'm funny, but it's just nice to see that I have a group of friends that I can be myself with and vulnerable and talk about whatever I want without worrying about what's going to come back at me. Yeah. Having like that mutual respect for each other, but also there's consent there, right? Like you consent, you can also say, I don't really want to have this discussion, right? Because it's a safe space. And that's how. Yeah. Whereas online, nobody's asking for consent to give their opinion. They're just like bitching at people and yelling at each other and making each other feel terrible. Like Mm -hmm. consent is important when it comes to intimacy and being able to be vulnerable. For sure. We always talk about consent. It always comes back to consent and vulnerability. And safety. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you don't feel safe, you're not going to be intimate with somebody. That's very true. I think too, that's why like a lot of couples after time goes by they fight they argue they stop having sex but it's more because like they're not feeling connected they're not feeling safe like something has happened yep something's triggered something Mm -hmm. yeah and it could be something that happened in childhood it could be could have nothing to do with our partners Mm -hmm. but it's been triggered because that's what partners do too is like they mirror shit back to you that you have to work on yeah Let's work through it. Let's continue to be intimate. Let's continue to create safety for each other. How do we do that? It's hard and it's messy, but do it. It's worth it. For sure. And I think too, like honesty really comes into play because if your partner doesn't know why you're being triggered or why you don't like something, they can't help you. It's really big. Like you can't fix what you don't know, you know? Yeah. And not that you're expected to fix it. But by knowing, you can have compassion. Yeah, because I've been in numerous situations in my life where I'm just like not understanding what's going on. I'm trying to connect with a friend or a coworker. And I feel like I'm beating myself with a stick trying to figure out like, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not getting the results that I'm hoping for? And then all of a sudden someone will share something with you. And it's like, oh my God, like it all clicks. It's like connect the dots. It's like you had to paint by numbers but one of your paints was missing and now all of a sudden you have it back. So it's like, you can actually put the whole picture together as opposed to that missing piece. That's actually pretty huge because then you're like, Oh, this makes sense. Why, when I do this, you don't like it. Or when I say this, you don't like it. So you really have to be vulnerable and honest in order to have true intimacy, in my opinion. Absolutely. And having the safety to do those things, to be vulnerable is something I think you create over time too. So it makes sense in like a work situation where you're like, I don't understand what's going on. And then 
you know, a couple months down the road, they're like, this person's like, I feel safe enough to tell you that this happened. And you're like, well, no wonder I was triggering you. Yeah. Cause no one, like no one, you don't have to be vulnerable and honest and intimate with someone in the first day of meeting them. No. You need to respect yourself a little and keep that kind of sacred as well. And then know when it's appropriate to. Yep. To share. Mm-hmm. I think if we all just like walked around with a lot more compassion in our hearts, Mm -hmm. it would change a lot, right? Just like thinking, hey, they've maybe been through something and that's all I need to know right now. So I just have to respect that I'm triggering something in them. Yeah, because we're all human and we all live with other humans and we make mistakes. And I don't think there's one person out there that doesn't have a story that wouldn't bring you to your knees. So you kind of just need to look at everybody as... Like they're doing the best they can. Some stories are worse than others, but everybody has something that they deal with and struggle with, especially as they get older and they start to kind of realize like, oh, and some of us aren't lucky enough to kind of realize where we need to work and why we are the way we are. Yep. That's very true. Mm-hmm. So you never want to take someone's like vulnerability and throw it in their face or use it against them because you're probably never going to get the chance to really truly experience the real inside of that person's soul ever again <laughs> very true and I think some people have had terrible experiences that they've blocked out and so that piece of them is always going to be missing right and maybe they don't bring it back but like just having compassion that you know you realize something has happened to this person it doesn't matter who you meet something mm-hmm. has happened to all of us and having that idea in your head so that you can create safe spaces for everybody. Yeah, you never know what someone's going through. So just be kind. Yeah, I feel like it's such an easy lesson, but it's so hard. Like when you look around the world and everybody's so busy being fucking assholes to everybody. Yeah, and it's easy to say. It's not always easy to remember in the moment. That is true too. Then you being shut out triggers you. Yeah. What did I do? Like I'm trying so hard. Mm-hmm. We almost need to get like stickers, like be kind and just like go around and pass out. <laughs> so, and then it's always there. It's like, mm-hmm. I got this tattoo on my wrist that says lead with love. And it's pretty much that. It's like this reminder that when I, whatever I do to do it with love first, so that even if I fuck up, at least I know I did it from a place of love first. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, not, the intention is really important uh, to be kind or to whatever. If you have that intention, that counts for a lot. For sure. I would agree with that. 110%. (laughs) Intention is everything. It is. And if people know your intention, it's a lot easier for them to forgive you if you do. I would totally agree with you. Totally agree. Because sometimes like for me, do you want to know what my intimacy stuff is? Yeah. I like having naps. So if my partner wanted to nap with me and just snuggle, that would be awesome. I like having my hair played with. Mm-hmm. I like being thought of. Yep. So like they're at the grocery store. Is there anything specific you would want? Or they bring home things they know I would want. Yep. Like it's the little tiny things for me that create the most intimacy is when I'm thought of or cuddled. <laughs> yeah, those Well, it's the thoughtfulness and then that physical connection that 
isn't even, it's not tied to sex in any way. It's just like the physical connection, energetic physical connection. Yeah. I can always tell when someone's like shut off. Yeah. And there's nothing that will get me to run away from you quicker than if I feel like I'm not wanted or you're just not going to let me in. Yeah. Absolutely true. Because then it's like you're interacting with this wall. Yeah. And then eventually you just give up. Yeah. It's like trying to exchange. You have to have an exchange for intimacy. Yeah. No, for sure. It's not like a one-way street. Mm -mm. I mean, sex can be a one-way street, but intimacy can't. So there goes, that proves another point that sex is not intimacy. Yeah. And I mean, some days it can be a one-day street for one person and the next day it can be a one-way, like the opposite. As long as there's give and take an energetic flow back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all, we all have awful days where we get to be that emotional blank, right? Yeah. But not if it's consistent. True. We just got to get out there and just like love people more. I think that's kind of like the big message of intimacy. And love yourself. Love yourself enough to be vulnerable and to ask for support and to ask for love and to ask for what you need and what makes you feel good. I would totally agree with that. I think a lot of us are afraid to ask for things we want because we fear rejection. Yeah. But really, like, if you don't ask, that rejection just turns into resentment. So you're either going to risk being rejected or you're going to resent somebody. So either way, like, might as well just go for it. (laughs) So true. I think the other piece of the self-love portion there is, like, so it's myself as an example because it's easier, but like for safety for me, if I don't do my own work around safety, my partner doesn't get to be with me the way that I want. Yeah. Right. I don't open that door for that to happen. And so it's my responsibility if I love myself enough to create deeper intimacy by working through my safety shit. Yeah. Cause we also have to have like good intimacy for ourselves. Yeah. And I can't be intimate with anybody else if I never feel safe. True. So the end, like safety is just an easy one to come to, but it could be even like just self-love or confidence. Like if you don't love yourself enough to do the work around confidence, how can you ever be confident to have intimacy? Yeah. There are so many things. Your self-love has to come first so that you do the work to be able to be deeply intimate and vulnerable with people. I would a hundred percent (laughs) agree. It's not easy. It's not fun. No, a lot of people too. I feel like both kind of like not act themselves like even like when I first met you guys I was just funny I was loud I was obnoxious I was distracting from who I am yeah like I was just I was nervous obviously I hate meeting new people but now I do it for a living so like I'm totally cool with it now but then it was like well if I'm just loud and obnoxious and I'm like I almost like bring like this whoa factor like who the fuck is she they won't know who I am. But in reality, had I just been myself right away, it probably would have like went over a lot better. Like everyone wouldn't have thought I was insane for like the first three months of school. <laughs> well, and I think, I think that's like your protection, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since I've known you, like you've done that around people. Like if you came here to my home and there was all my friends and it was just you and you didn't know anybody, you would do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, super quiet or obnoxiously like right because blah, you blah, don't blah, blah. yeah because you're you are afraid to be 
vulnerable with these people you don't know. It makes sense. It's a protection mechanism. Mm-hmm. It is. It's funny. But you know that about yourself. So that's a big thing. I do now, but I didn't for 30 some odd years. So <laughs> it's uh, definitely something that I've had to work on myself and realize mm-hmm. my own faults in a lot of my relationships where it's because I wasn't being authentically myself. Yeah. And I think that when people get to that point, that's when you get to have true intimacy too, right? Is mm-hmm. when you're like, hey, I get to be myself. I get to be my authentic self. And if people don't like that, that's too bad. This is mm-hmm. who I am. You open up that door for deep intimacy. For sure. I would totally agree with that. Intimacy is a lot, man. <laughs> it's a lot. And it runs through every, it's like got a ribbon through everything in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the pretty bow that wraps up the package. Yeah. And without it, it's kind of joyless and kind of dead. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like open that bow, you're never going to see what's inside. So great. So tips, how can we give people tips on how to be more intimate? Well, one, do your work, right? If if you're noticing themes in your life that keep reoccurring over your lifetime, it means you've got some work to do there. So how can you do work around that to be able to invite people into that space, your space in that level? I think therapy is key Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes you need therapy to like you need somebody else to tell you, well, like that's not normal or why do you do that? And a lot of times friends and family don't always want to call you out on your bullshit. So it's nice to have like that non-biased third party who kind of can see the patterns in your stories and make them make you aware of them. Yeah. And also doing the work deeper level too you can talk these things out but then also like subconsciously what are you holding on to like what happened to you when you're younger what mm-hmm. generation shit are you bringing with you yeah right? it's hard for you to see that yourself so you do need help sometimes definitely i think an easy not easy but like one thing is just like start being truthful when you're interacting with people the truth will set you free <laughs> it's hard but it's that's how you get the deep intimacy you're looking for and show up with compassion for yourself and whoever you're there with. No, I think those are really good tips. Always remember that people have this story you know nothing about and that they may not know anything about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not everybody knows what their triggers are and why. No. I know for me, a lot of mine came just through having conver- deep conversations with people in my life. And then I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. You know what I mean? You kind of have to unpack your own shit sometimes. Absolutely. I know for myself, there are things that happened to me as a teenager that I completely had blocked out, mm-hmm. which were definitely holding me back from being deeply intimate with somebody. And until, but I, if you had asked me a year ago, two years ago, I would have been like, I know nothing of this. Mm-hmm. It's right? funny how our minds block things that are super painful. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good word for it. Yeah. We tend to just put it away. And don't realize how much it actually does come out in our day-to-day lives. Yeah, I literally had forgotten these memories. Like they did not exist. If mm-hmm. I tried to rebring, if I tried to recapture them before a couple years ago, I would, I wouldn't even know to look for it. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you're ready and like you've done your other work that these things start to come up and you get to work through them. Yeah, it's not just like a one-day simple conversation with yourself. <laughs> no, so. Know that people are hurting, even if they don't know why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful that we can all be 
broken yet whole at the same time. And those little broken pieces, when you start putting them together, can make quite a beautiful little mosaic. (laughs) True. I think think it's Japan has this uh, belief. They take all of their china and they put it back together with gold. And it's like when they're, so like if they drop a teacup, they'll like repair it with gold in between each broken piece. And the idea is like, by breaking it, it becomes that much better. Right? Like you're putting it back together, weaving it together with gold. And so that's like, for them, it's the metaphor of when you do your work and you break things down, you get to be woven back together with gold. I think that's beautiful. Me too. I love it so much. I know now I want some like broken China. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you guys have any tips or tricks or anything that's kind of worked for you and you want to share them with us, our DMs are always open to you. Our Facebook group, our Twitter, our Instagram page. Just drop us a note. Let us know. Yeah. I hope that like through this um, episode too, like you feel heard and seen and know that you're not alone and feeling that it's scary to be intimate. It's scary to be vulnerable and that maybe you don't know why and that that's okay. Just using compassion as a tool. Yeah, for sure. Most people who look like they have their shit together do not have their shit together. So Um, hell no. (laughs) The only way you can really know is by having those deep, intimate conversations with others. It's really the only way you know where people are at. Absolutely. And so don't be afraid to pick up the phone after you listen to this and phone your friends or your family members and be like, hey, can we have a real conversation? How are you feeling? What's going on? How are you doing? How can I support you? For sure. I think that's beautiful advice. <laughs> Imagine how many lives you change just by making that one phone call. Yeah. Sometimes it's that one phone call that kind of changes everything for somebody else. Well, and it ripples it into their family, to their kids, to their other friends. You start this like ripple that goes through. Yep. Healing is a journey and you can always like grab people and bring them along with you. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a perfect way to look at it. Take everybody on the journey with you if you can. Yeah, as many as you can anyway. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. And we hope that you enjoyed the episode. And we will get at you next week. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.